Welcome to the Aggressively Average Podcast. Really forced to stay. Sweet Average Podcast. I get all my facts from my gut. I'm not allowed to go out and do what I want to do. I'm going postal. 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 This is a list of the people who ought to die. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Fireside Chats with Blake. Today I am joined by a man from Michigan who has a hell of a beard. And I just found out he should be the one running this podcast because he has way better equipment than me. Everyone say hi to Daniel Grinnell. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Coming at you live from lockdown 2.0 in Michigan. What's up? All right. This is bullshit. You know what's bullshit about this, though, to be completely honest with you? Here's what's bullshit is I've just, I've been hitting mics every fucking day of the week for months now and busted my ass driving from fucking Detroit to out to see you guys in Cleveland and Akron area over to Chicago, Grand Rapids, back to Detroit. And I'm finally starting to hit a nice groove and I'm getting, I'm chaining together a lot of really nice shows. And then this stupid shit fucking happens. So now, now we get to go at a minimum three fucking weeks. And then, and then after three weeks, we might be allowed to run back open. So now we got to do speakeasy level fucking mics on the low in somebody's house and n- nobody's supposed to know about it that's what we got to do to keep comedy going in michigan and it's fucking bullshit all right how you doing blake <laughs> we'll get into all that i planned on talking about some of that and i'm glad you're heated i like the passion without further ado let's get fire started in the introduction you hit on some things that i wanted to talk about you've been mm-hmm. traveling around a lot for all these mics because uh you've been yeah. mostly shut down throughout all this right michigan just started opening back up yeah yes the club the clubs just opened back up like three weeks ago oh well that's clearly like they the just problem. started going yeah yeah the comedy clubs just opened back up and then it sucks because they, they've been having some good weekends and everybody was having fun and then all of a sudden it's like all right fun's over everybody let's go back inside uh by ourselves it's fucking ridiculous i mean I, don't, I, I love how COVID doesn't exist in manufacturing hubs. Like, oh, a factory, COVID doesn't exist in there where you're laying on top of each other, fucking touching everything that the person next to you is touching. Those people get to keep going because, you know, COVID can't exist in a fucking factory, but a comedy club, you know, they're like, oh, it's like your stupid Ohio curfew thing. Like, oh, COVID doesn't exist after 10 p.m., you fucking morons. Like, are you kidding me right now? Oh, no, it's because bad decisions are made. I will fuck at 9 a.m. just like I will at 10 p.m., all right? So I don't get the difference between closing at 10 p.m. or all. I just doesn't make any fucking. Now, now we put out this, like, big, bald fucking thing. Like, there's a curfew at 10 in Ohio. Everybody better be in their homes by 10. Or what? Or what the fuck are you going to do if I'm not back in my yeah, house I, by 10 o'clock? Suck I saw my that dick. Was- there's like the bars can be open till 10, but people are expected to be home by 10. Yeah. So drink as much as you can before 10 and then drive home really fast. No, it, no, that's when, when this all first started and they were having like rules, I didn't respect, like, obviously I respected it as like, I'll wear my mask when I have to and shit. But like you said, manufacturing is allowed to keep going. The biggest industry in, in the country is the one that's most likely to spread the disease. I don't know if you know what trucking is, but it's a, a fucking disgusting job. Most of the people who do it aren't the cleanest right. individuals and they're going into places, manufacturing plants that may or may not be fucking following all the rules because let's face it, when you work in a factory, people don't fucking listen to a lot of shit. It's not a job. No, no, really listen. 
It'll be safe if there's going to be an inspection. That's the only time it's fucking safe in manufacturing. Anybody that's worked manufacturing knows there's no such thing as fucking rules until there's somebody doing an inspection to make sure you're following the rules. Then for you got a week, then you got a week to clean out. everything up and hide everything. Yeah, exactly. Hey, hey, you know that dangerous shit we've been telling you guys to do? Well, that's illegal, and there's somebody coming to make sure we're not doing that. So go ahead and hide it until they leave, and then you're going to go back to doing it again. I don't fucking... Yeah, I worked at a Taco Bell one time, and we were having an auditor come in like they did it all the time they fucking check make sure you're doing everything right and my boss one time was like all right bro just act natural and i just looked at him and was like you trying to get us all fucking fired if we act natural like we do on an everyday job we're getting we're getting all fired here it's just i don't know man it's just fun. you know what's funny is like indiana don't give a fuck like i'm going down to a show tomorrow and to do an indiana show because they're just like we don't give a shit about any of this come perform to a packed house like all right i got friends down in texas and oklahoma fucking doing full crowds down there right now this is bullshit i got lucky with the first time everything shut down i wasn't doing comedy as much as i should have been but then it got taken away from me so then when everything started opening back up i've been hitting everything you know as often as possible i don't want to have to try and figure out how to do fucking like i've not done a fucking virtual mic i can't i can't imagine it's not not stand-up like if you're, I mean, do it. If you, that's the only thing you can do, do it. But it's not the same as doing stand-up. Like, no, it's I, not at all. I don't. I tried to watch. I just tried to watch one the other day on the way to a mic. And I'm, I'm sorry. The dude wasn't telling jokes. He was just, like, talking and looking down at a paper, you could tell. There's five other yeah. comedians watching him and, like, giggling their asses off. And I'm like, this isn't, like, what? This, he's not presenting it well. The joke's not even that strong. Like. What what is making you laugh about it other than maybe you're laughing at the fact he's reading? I don't know. I, dude, I don't Even when they say they have like I mean, a, people's comedy crowd, they don't have a crowd when they say they have one. It's like, oh, we've got fans. It's like you look and one person's watching. Hey, there's somebody um from your area that always talks about the crowds they get, and I've yet to see a single crowd, what I'd consider a crowd of people at one of their shows. So <laughs> I'm not saying names. <laughs> Blake Townsend. I'm running a no. show that doesn't get mad. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, not your spot. Which I mean, I don't know. It's supposed to be yeah, like. I don't say I got a crowd. <laughs> I, I'm very adamant right. when, when people ask how the room is. I'm like, hey, it's a place to do ten minutes. Like, I don't know what to fucking tell you. <laughs> Come oh on. yeah, for sure. Well, it's like, um, well, all right, let's go over this. This is how me and Blake met. Um. So I seen like there was a mic going down in Akron and, and mind you, this is like a three and a half, four hour drive for me up here, just North of Detroit. So I get me and three other buddies to go to this thing. Didn't realize the first time uh, the mic was being had there and, uh, or second time. Uh, yeah. We were the only four people there was the four people that came all the way from Michigan. It's one other person. <laughs> so that's how, that was my introduction to Blake four hours to entertain a couple Polacks at a VFW hall or whatever. I know they get mad when you call it that, but it is. It's all. It is a Polish VFW hall. God damn. There was that night. There was like, I wouldn't have told you to come if I would have known it was just you guys. I straight up would have been like, hey, guys, you're the only ones that said you're coming. I wouldn't bother. But like my other comedians, said they were coming. I'm like, cool. I'm going to have like 10 people here. And of course comedians for some reason day of will tell you hey i'm gonna be there and then don't fucking so, show up yeah, yeah no it was fine like i just shit on the people that were there trying to have a good night and uh <laughs> that's, that's that's what i did and it was fun <laughs> yeah everyone tried to go up i've had some Ohio. 
yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't try. I was very successful <laughs> in shitting. It's a very shittable place. <laughs> no, I've had fun. Like, cause I've met a lot of people. Down. That's one of the reasons, too, the thing that kind of sucks about this, like, to be honest, was uh, I wasn't coming back down there unless I was getting paid at this point because I've done enough shows with people to know I can actually do this. And uh, it's a long drive. But now I'm going to have to go back down there for some subpar shows for free because there's no fucking mics up here anymore so it's like god damn it (laughs) i i know Uh, i I plan on middling in mics for a while like even if not to be egotistical but there's a lot of people i know that like think they're at the level of being paid and i'm like you're you're no better than i am and i don't right right i'm at that level so like people have told there's being there's being paid and there's being paid like you know what like i'm not coming and cover my fucking gas money i'm not looking for hundreds of dollars yeah, like here, give me like fucking back 50 bucks give me give me there and back like but, yeah i've done a couple people's shows to where i've I've had extremely good sets and uh yeah like i'm not doing this shit for free for you anymore man it's a long drive for me you know <laughs> like, i feel you i mean i've the furthest i've really gone is uh i drove like a little over an hour to do a show in mansfield and it's probably even worse than my fucking room there's five more. hours. Me and Bilal drove five hours to Chicago to go do seven minutes each at Riddles in Chicago, <laughs> outside of Chicago. <laughs> you know, at least Bilal seems like he's always down for to be a road dog. Yeah, that's that's what I'm going with tomorrow down to Indiana. <laughs> I saw his one animation he did for that podcast you were telling me uh, when you were down here for Club, you see? Club Quantum one, where uh, talking about the lady who's like yelling at the crowd, and that was with oh. the guy you said you have like really good. Uh, like you just recently met, but you like podcasting with them. It's like, but oh. anyways. Oh, they were actually weren't talking about that lady. They were talking about a lady in New York. Totally well, different saying, scenario. Well, no, I was just saying like uh, whatever, when they were talking about it and like, like Bilal's just like, no, I mean, she probably worked 10 years on that set. It was a killer set. I wish I could be that good. And just like, there was a moment of silence. And then the other guy just goes, well, thanks Bilal for making that way funnier than it was. Yeah, yeah, Aaron White. Yeah, Aaron just chimes in like uh, he's hilarious. He's a good guy to know too. He's down in Tampa now. He every six months he's going to a new area so and doing really? comedy. Yeah, I'm just trying to like see what each scene's like. Just work out. Yeah, he was in. I think he was in OKC, and then he just went to. Oh no, he was down in Oklahoma. So actual Oklahoma, and then uh, then he just went to Tampa. So. Yeah, he's one of those guys It's good to know because if you want to go just do comedy randomly somewhere, he's probably going to have something he can set up for you. So. <laughs> yeah, my dream was always to go out to L.A., but now I don't even know if that's even worthwhile. Austin, Blake. Austin is the move. That's, that's probably the new plan. It's like I told people, and they're like, uh, I was like, if Joe Rogan starts something up there, I'll go there. And they're like, why? I'm like, well, he's opening up a comedy club. Yeah. He's already said he's opening up a comedy And then Segura's moved there, too. So yeah, bunch bunch of people have. I listen to everyone's yeah. podcast, and half of them are like saying they're doing, it, and then the other half like it drops on another podcast, and they're like, "Well, now I gotta say I'm doing it." But no, if it gets going there, I'll go there. And like someone asked me why, I was like, most of the comedians in LA like credit Rogan for the scene in LA being what it is. So ah, like, he brought the store scene. back. Yeah, but... That, but like, and though like how people aren't like cutting each other's throats anymore. Like a lot of people have said like. He kind of stopped the whole like backstabbing, like everyone be friends, like just to get. Yeah, I mean, I like that to an extent. Like, I don't think you should backstab people, but philosophically, um, I think comedy is supposed to be a mean place. I don't give people bro jobs all the time, but yeah, but like just 
don't be like talking behind someone's back like you if you you and me were somewhere and there's no reason for you to be like oh blake's fucking set is goddamn terrible i don't know why you even i would it. tell you i mean and it, and it is but Thank you. Like, <laughs> no but uh but no like like i don't know like um i get razzing people obviously fuck with oh them. yeah and you've hung like you've been around me enough to realize i can't help it um like, it's just it's not even like a it's not an act i'm just like this <laughs> like i don't know like like i had a show down there i was on ended up going off on another comic on stage and it got you know everybody was laughing and it was rightfully deserved but then the person running the show like did not appreciate it and they have a very philosophical difference when he think you know they think comedy should be fucking it's like a hippie view on what comedy should be and it's just it's totally different philosophy if something's happening in the room regardless of who caused it rather it be a, a audience member another comic the fucking owner i don't give a bartender i don't give a shit like you should be calling it out if you're a real comedian so that's all i did and if it hurts somebody's feelings i'm sorry but the fact is there has to be some truth to it or else everybody wouldn't have been laughing is so. that, that a room in cleveland or akron I was in Cleveland. <laughs> I probably I wouldn't even I wouldn't have even been there. That's upsetting. Uh, Club Quantum might still be around because that's not a real venue that they can shut down. Yeah, it's because even the people that are supposed to go to it can barely tell that's that's where you're supposed to be going. Are you? Here's what happens. So me and the two guys like I brought down with me go down there, and we're like, wow, this is a really shitty neighborhood. Like this is worse than oh, most yes. places even in i live two blocks away from there <laughs> yeah that place sucked and uh like the town i mean like that area was just like oh drop a nuke already but uh like <laughs> so we we go by it though and we're like where the fuck is this place because we have the address plugged in the gps and it says we're there and i'm like well there's an abandoned building and there's a house so like is it the fucking house and there's no signs up front that says anything there's no door there's no lights nothing like that that the there's no windows it's all it's like a solid concrete building and then like we like message out to chris and we're like hey where the fuck is this place like we're here but uh we're not here technically he's like oh you park in the back and he sends a picture it's like oh i guess it's the abandoned building all right so like as we're and nobody else is there yet so we're the first three there so we're walking up ready to throw down like, oh, the time for our organs to be harvested. This is how he pays for comedy. So we go inside. But it, it turned out to be like, oh, wow, this place is really fucking cool inside. And then you hear the guy who owns the place though go, yeah, there's not going to be a lot of people though because I don't really advertise that this is even here because I don't want people that live around here to come. I'm like, oh, that's that sounds like a great business model. I don't want people to come in here. <laughs> It's like opening the fucking McDonald's in the ghetto and be like, well, we just don't like poor people to come in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> want, the, we want the ritzy McDonald's crowd. <laughs> and like, I mean, he probably feels the same way you did about the, like, the area. He's like, he doesn't want just the people you expect to live in that area to come there. But it's like, you could still advertise it. Like, yeah, something. Like, it's like, I was like, damn, this place is going to be great. And then you find out like, oh. It's like 10, 12 comics and five actual people here. <laughs> I mean, at least you had a way better crowd than I did. By the time I got up there when I was last, I had, I think, one person that wasn't a comedian and then four comedians, and they've all seen my – well, only one – one had only seen me one time, but, like, everyone else mm -hmm. had seen my act multiple times. Ah, that's rough. 
So, I mean, I tried some new stuff, and st but it's like, everyone said I did well, but it's because I just went up there and I was like, I'm going to pretend like there's a big fucking crowd. And I fucking hey, like, screamed I mean, and shit. <laughs> that's what you got to do. You just got to go up there and say, fuck it. And the more you can say, fuck it and mean it, the better you're going to fucking do most of the time. So Yeah, that's like a, a lot of people recently have been telling me like they seem like a different tone of me on stage and it's like well i've just gotten used to my like the jokes even if i don't know what like my set is gonna be like i know what jokes i have in my arsenal so yeah. it's like just go up there and try to talk like me and hope everything fucking comes out it's been working out a little better it's a little hit or miss when i try to be a little more high energy because i try to stay away from super high energy because then everyone thinks of me like chris farley and i don't know you got to do your like i i went I've been bouncing between energies myself recently and I'm back to just like fucking high energy run up onto the stage, go at it. And it's working good, but I've also transitioned to doing like a lot of, I'm doing a lot of like black rooms right now. So, and it's been going, I fucking love it. Like it's the best, well, some of the best crowds, the comics that come out to those are next. A lot of them are like, you know, upper crust guys. So it's good to see them run and learn a lot from that. You can say whatever the fuck you want in those rooms, which is very nice. And if it's not funny, they're not going to laugh. It's one of those things too. Like You're not going to get like the pandering <laughs> laugh or anything like this. They're going to be fucking quiet or they might yell at you. Either one. <laughs> and it's better than just blankly staring. Because at yeah. least when they yell at you, you can play off of them. If you just get blank stares and it, my, my mind will go fucking blank real quick. I bet I'm thinking as much as you guys are right now. Oh, uh, I get aggressive in those scenarios, and I'm just, that's when I go into I'm going to shit on everything mode. <laughs> yeah, that, that ain't me. Like, I shit on people, like, in real life all the time, like my best friends, but I like, to, I like to punch up and know they can handle it. I need to get a little better at doing that on stage. I will punch anywhere. I don't give a <laughs> shit if it's, if it's punchable. Like, but I also, like, I don't know. You got to do it well, like like Cuyahoga Falls, for example, the, the time I went to the funny stop and you were there. That could have went so horribly wrong if Pete would have been pissed that I fucking kind of like went at him a little bit for like the opening of my set. Yeah. But like I kept it as funny as I could and everybody seemed to enjoy it. So like it was a lot of fun. And uh, I don't know. That's just what I do. I don't know. That place, uh, it's so hard for me to do. I'm getting better because I've done it more often. But like to go up there and know I can't cuss, like in the back of my mind, I'm like, God. Damn oh it. yeah you know what's hard not being a clean comic being told five minutes before you go on stage you can't fucking swear um while being swore at like uh, yeah. <laughs> dude i almost fucking flipped out on him that day I almost oh i was him. just like oh, okay and then i was like am i gonna just blow up and uh just just burn this bridge tonight like am i gonna do that as soon as i get on stage but i didn't and you know what i had to like arguably my like one of my best sets that night so it's it's a good it's a good muscle to work out um you got it you should you should get good at it i mean i'm i'm a 99 percent clean like joke but i throw fucking shit and stuff in there like it's just how i my natural speech pattern so to stop yeah. the natural speech pattern is like it takes that extra thought to where i go ah oh, fuck i messed up the timing on my joke or i fucked a, i missed a punchline <laughs> it is nice to it is good practice and although you're not a clean comic like there's probably going to be times where you're going to have to be like, yeah, like I'm trying to work on more clean stuff because really if you want to make like a living as quickly as possible on this, you should, you got to be able to do clean rooms because that's where most of the work's going to be early. Yeah, luckily I can say I did a corporate show so I could use that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, it Get was in my, there, Blake. It was There's my no job. <laughs> nah, no. 
it was my job and they uh we were having a christmas party and i was just like you know if you need someone to do like 10 minutes of comedy i can do it and mind you i i maybe had three minutes of jokes like maybe i don't think i st still say a single fucking joke from that set just because the covid happened and i don't even remember what the fuck i was saying oh, before COVID. so i did like went up there and I, they didn't tell me i was the only entertainment for the fucking night because last year the year before they had had a, a like a magician comedian and then i guess when i told them that i was uh gonna do comedy they were just like fuck it clear the budget <laughs> so all they had was a sketch artist and then me and i was like wow i didn't know i was carrying this whole fucking thing that's hilarious I got the sketch artist uh, drew me a little caricature while I was on stage. So that was cool. Got me in my tuxedo shirt. So I could say I did corporate and I could put that on a resume. So there's that. There you go. I, man, I just, I really hope like this does only go three weeks up here because I'm really bummed out. Like I was starting to meet a lot of really nice people and uh, do a lot of different, like doing different people's shows and it was going to like a nice snowball effect happening. And then now COVID is back. If the shit goes down, then it'll force me to fucking do TikToks and sketches like I've been wanting to do. Like I've just yeah, I mean, I, there's a lot of sketch writing that uh, like Bilal wants to get done and stuff like that. So that's gonna be good. There's some stuff I need to get done with my podcast. So that's gonna be, like, it'll give me time to do other things. But it's like now it's like it's not like I'm gonna stop doing stand up. Now I just gotta go back to driving three hours for a fucking mic. I mean, if there's nothing around me, I'm stuck not doing it. But I'll I'll keep writing i don't write jokes but i'll keep you know writing my premises down in my log fucking thinking about them all day at work because that's that's basically my form of writing is while i'm sitting there moving boxes around at work i'm just thinking about like oh that was a funny joke what can i say with it yeah i mean that's all i gotta do then that's it <laughs> i've been trying to, like oh, that's also another thing too that'll be going down i have so many videos saved up that i just have to go through and just listen to and take notes off of and decide which ones i'm going to put up online for like applications to shows and stuff like that and uh so that's i mean that's something there's there's things that can that are going to be done that's i'm going to be using my advantage but uh, i'd rather be on stage oh, naturally uh, what we do this for <laughs> yeah like, like thursday should be fun it's at a really like a, it's at a good club everybody says good things about it down in indiana and then friday there is a speakeasy show going on in michigan hush hush <laughs> <laughs> i'll be performing at as well so there's going to be a lot of stuff like that going on there's some people that are being crazy in this weather and they're still they're going to have outdoor shows i'm like fucking nuts yeah i mean if this if everything had gone down a little earlier if they were like a second lockdown and stuff i would have just done a fucking show out on the porch here like right out had some comics come and just fucking set up an amp and nothing special, but at least it's fucking place to do it. But it's too, I ain't fucking doing it in this weather. <laughs> I ain't got, I ain't got the balls for that. Yeah, no, I, I fucking, it's going to be cold Friday, but whatever. Bilal wants to do sketch writing. Do you do any or? I've written some sketches, but he's doing like a little bit bigger. Like I've written down like sketch premises where you really need the premise and the rest is going to be like improv off of and stuff like, like short sketches. There's a longer one with like actual somewhat like a loose story to follow that I'm going to be doing a writing session with him on soon, I believe. I, I believe it's for somebody out there, actually. Um, so that should be cool. Oh, and then, oh, here's something to plug. December 11th, I'll be out there uh, on that big roast um, for that TV show. Oh, the, uh, was it Michael Long or someone? Was yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be out there for that. So I'll be yeah, I was, that. I was thinking about doing it because, like I said, I roast my friends all the time. I, I can roast people, but it's like, I don't know. I don't do it to random people all that often. At least not to their face. 
Yeah. <laughs> I want to do roasted. That was the one thing I want to ask. Like Detroit seems to have like a much more roast culture than anywhere around here. Like they actually have like roast shows and stuff going I on. I mean, it's not even that. It's just like What's... all right, take take my set last night. I was at a room and it it was one of those rooms and it was a, it was a good feeling. It was down in Highland Park and uh it was just one of those things to where like if you want to do actual material, this isn't going to be your spot. You're going to have to figure out how to riff, do crowd work and fucking to do good there and so like to do that you go up there and then like naturally like something will happen and you just start shitting on people and everybody's fucking laughing because it's it's just a rowdy crowd like there's a lot more of those up here uh than down there that's why i think it's so crazy when people like uh come down there from up here and it's just like you get blown away but it's just like it's a different environment to like hone your craft and it's more aggressive in your face um in the detroit and, and i mean like in the city of detroit because there's like like parts of detroit that are very wokish but they're not like actually detroit it's like hamtramck and stuff like that but no most of the rooms here it's it's a it's a bit it's a lot more aggressive which is nice yeah there ain't, there ain't much aggression here you're lucky to even have people paying attention yeah uh that's when you get aggressive <laughs> well, <I> mean, <laughs> you, get them. you can but there's i mean like literally i have no one paying attention it doesn't matter what you do like Post 32 last night, more people stayed than usual, but they all stayed in the back room as far away as possible. And I was trying to fucking yell and get them in and like for 10 seconds, they'd be in it. I mean, I I was hosting, so I wasn't up there very long. My goal was like, let's just get them looking at the stage and hope they pay attention. And then by the last comedian, finally, some people trickled into the room and listened to her. Just punk into the room from the beginning, place it away in the back and clint blaming people that you can't fucking hear them it's like you're fucking a 10 miles away you shouldn't hear us i don't i just yelled when they said that they're like i don't know <laughs> like, i don't know it's it's, a, it's a weird it's a different setup though yeah because the bars like in the back like behind the room and then there's another room next to the bar that's even further away it's fuck, like it's, if you have good eyes you can start fucking with people there like <laughs> It's a rough room, but if we could actually fill that front room, it'd be fucking fantastic. Like, if you could get people in that front room, it's decently sized. There can fit a lot of people. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a nice stage and setup. But yeah, getting people there is. The, but you know, I mean, it's only been a couple months of you running that now, right? Oh. Yeah. And I wasn't even supposed to start yeah, running. So it. I mean, <laughs> it just and fucked. it's an open mic, so it's just like you can't expect crowds to film for open mics. But if you start putting on like shows, maybe who knows? But that I was mean, the plan. Was like run, time to build up. Yeah, run the open mic, and then once you could get people like consistently show up. Like if I could guarantee, you know, eight people are showing up tonight, I'll fucking call it a showcase. That's all you need is to be sure you have a lineup yeah. of people. And there's been nights where I've had it and then nights where I have three and I've had regulars for a little bit and then they drop off. It is what it is. It's all just practice running a show, hosting a show. If this, this room goes away. That's it right there. You know, you just, what? Oh, I was going to say, and that's the thing right there is, you know, you're just, it's, it's practice for when you get, get actually like better rooms or how, learn how to do stuff. So then when you get a better room, you can do it. Like yeah, that's, you and, know, you're not uh, cutting your teeth on it. And it will look good if I can somehow get this room to decent size and then I can show that to other places and be like, hey, I'm guaranteeing this many people this week, blah, blah, blah. I I just can't do what some promoters do, which is just lie through their teeth about how many people they can bring in. I'm never going to do that. There's nobody that does that down there. (laughs) I'm never going to do that. So that makes it tougher, I guess, because one part of uh, marketing, which that's what you're trying to do is market yourself and your skills is uh, perception and lies. My buddy worked for a company where they had hand-crushed tomatoes 
And they could say that because they had a machine that crushed the tomatoes, but to get it started, you had to press a button with your hand. So they advertised hand crushed tomatoes. It's like, just yeah, fucking say fresh tomatoes. Just say you have daily fresh tomatoes. That's as appealing to people as hand crushed tomatoes. Like, have you, have you ever been swayed by that? Like, oh yeah, you had your hands deep in my fucking tomatoes. Love it. Like, no, I'd rather them cut. Yeah, it is kind of like a nastier sell that this <laughs> uh, this guy's hand, especially if it was like a rough looking dude. Like, these are fresh, fresh hand smashed t- t- tomatoes. And you're just like, oh. Or like the lunch oh, lady from Matilda. God, Igor, you smash these with your hands? Like, Jesus Christ, dude. This is disgusting. Just gives a look. Got dirty yep. fingernails. <laughs> yeah, I got these cocaine hand crushed tomatoes. I had a question about uh, your actual non-comedic life. Now feel free to answer this or not. It is kind of based on your comedy. I know you've done one kinky thing in the bedroom that you talk about on stage. Have you done anything kinkier than that? Oh, yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I've done some wild shit, but... Uh... Like, we talking sex swings? You getting into that shit? Like, oh, the, I want the dirty. <laughs> no, uh, you don't got to get into the acrobatics or anything like that. But, well, uh, I, you, you could tell I'm never. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> It'd be more of like a sex trebuchet or. <laughs> be a sex long but, uh, hair. Yeah, man. Like, I've been married for. All right, I've been with the woman I'm married to for over seven years now. So. Oh. Wow. How old are you? Before that, though, I'm 29. Damn, I thought you were a little younger than that. I, I got I got into it young. Yeah, yeah, I got into it young. But before, like the like, cause you know, I don't know, like when I was single and young, like shit was just wild. I mean, you can actually listen to uh, another podcast about everything with Justin Essenmacher Part Two, and we go into a lot of uh, what I'm talking about the, about this specific subject actually. Uh, <laughs> so uh, there's that. Um, but yeah, and I'm trying, there, there's some things too. Cause like, let's just bring it back a little bit. Like, uh, try to bring more stuff to the stage, but there's some stuff that's like so traumatic that when you talk about it, like it's hard for people to laugh, even though oh. you're at the point where you can laugh at it. Oh, dude. You know what I mean? They're like, Jesus Christ, this guy needs a hug. Like, <laughs> yeah. and it's worth, so, it's, like, it's that's, worth that's something. Like- a, like a like slightly deadpan delivery like you're not super like fun like laughy about it like if you're just saying it then people are right. like is he joking like what the fuck's going on well there's like I, like i joke about when i was molested as a child and i can get laughs on that but i've had to work really hard on that j- joke whereas like talking about um my my stepdad abandoning our family and for my sister like something like that it's like it's a little bit harder to turn into a joke because it's so fucking ridiculous and awful but it's just like you gotta you gotta figure out a way to tell that in a joke format at the same time um i've attempted it a couple times but it just it doesn't come off as funny it's like damn yeah i did a (laughs) i did a brand new like 10 minutes on uh february 29th earlier this year it was my last set before everything Mm. got shut down uh it's the anniversary of when my mom passed away when i was 17 and Mm. so i was like this is my first time doing comedy since this anniversary has happened. It only happens every four years since it's a leap year. I was like, I'm going to do a 10 minute set, all brand new jokes about like my mom and my family. And the last joke I ended on was saying that she passed away. 
and everyone was like, you know, it wasn't the greatest set in the world. It was brand mm. new and I was new to comedy, but like I was getting laughs throughout it. And then the final joke, just fucking everyone went. <gasps> and my one friend was like, hey, was that last thing supposed to be funny? Or what? I was like, I mean, it was, but I stumbled into it and I know it's a tough <laughs> subject. And he goes, well, I fucking laughed, but I didn't know if I was supposed to. <laughs> I was like, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't have fucking ended my set with it if I wasn't hoping for a laugh. The reason that people didn't really like it, I think, is because uh, I'm, I'm man enough to admit I was the second favorite son. And, like, I told some jokes about, like, proving that and then told a joke about how my mom, when my brother graduated, I thought my brother died because she made, like, a fucking Mona Lisa-sized graduation picture of his, made it all black and white, put it on top of our, can like, our uh, fake fireplace and put black candles around it. And I walked in, I was like, is my fucking brother dead? Like, what the fuck is going on? Right, and I was right. like, and which is bullshit because my mom didn't even show up to my graduation. She was so mad at me on senior skip day that I skipped that she passed away. And everyone went. <gasps> <laughs> and I was like, I know that was a bit rough, guys, but you enjoyed it. Didn't go over the best, but hey, you fucking, you got to try it. And like most comedians no, I mean, that's the only way. therapy. Like and, and most of my jokes have uh I, I do I, I I don't know like I do my, my best writing when I'm riffing like I got a premise I go up there and I'll find I'll try to find something funny but then it's also like the shit that you've never writ before never talked about before and then like you're just in the moment on stage something's happened while you're on stage and you're going at it and then just miraculously something pops in your head and you just say it and it just fucking murders and you're like all right cool keep that one like write that down <laughs> i'm glad i'm taping this because i have no idea what i just said i'm a big go up there with well it's like that it's like that yeah that's like that funny stop show though like you seen me at like i i i didn't tape that one i can't remember anything i fucking said that day like it sucks it sucks because everything worked and i don't remember a goddamn word of it yeah everything works for me at the fucking funny stop not very often do I feel like I had the best set. Usually I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I did decent, but I think this person, this person did better. The last time I did the funny stop, like, I legit had to stop myself from focusing on someone in the crowd just, <laughs> just fucking cackling. I was like, this place makes me feel so much funnier than everywhere else. But, I mean, it is a good atmosphere. Pete is a showman yeah. for sure, and he has the cadence of announcing that. I like him. He just doesn't have the he doesn't have the enunciation of a announce announcer down. He's like I've I have been this. told I've got a pretty good Pete impersonation, so <laughs> <laughs> I have never tried and I me mean, I don't dislike the guy, but he kind of screwed me over and I'm real competitive. So I can let it go, but every time it gets brought up, there's like that twinge of God damn it, that made me angry. Because it's just don't tell someone yeah, I, I like him. I get He's a nice guy. I get the guy. I get it. Like, yeah. Like when he was yelling, like halfway through, I could see like he was trying not to smile at the same time. <laughs> like when he went off that day, I was just like, he's trying. Like yeah, towards the end, I could see like a little grin forming in the corner of his mouth. This guy's fucking around. All right. <laughs> nice. I like uh, doing that. Shit was it. hilarious. Oh yeah, he's and he does it all the time. Just fucking tears into people about bringing people. And it's like, eh, yeah, I get it. Yeah. He's like, did you, he looked at me and Bilal because we showed up like an hour before the show and we went and hung out in the other bar. It's like, did, did you bring anybody? And I was just like, 
bro, we just drove three hours from Detroit. No, we didn't bring anybody. Nobody's coming down here to Cuyahoga Falls to watch us perform. <laughs> I had like three people tell me maybe, which meant I had zero yeses. So, and yeah. uh, I went there the one time. He's like, "Where, where are your people?" I was like, uh, "I got three people that said they might be coming." He's like, "You need to bring them." I'm like, "What? What am I supposed to do? Kidnap them? Like fucking put them in a car and say let's go?" No, if they say they're going to come, then I have to trust them. I can't yeah. just fucking be like, no, nope, I'm coming to pick you up. I mean, I guess some people have probably done that in the past, but that ain't me. I'm not that much of a go-getter. I would not. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Oh, yeah, right. no, I, could, I couldn't just fucking be like, hey, I know you're not doing anything tonight, so you're just going to come with me to the show. Like some, <laughs> people, like some people bring their fucking family, and more power to you for having a family that's willing to just come to every show. I I don't have a brother that doesn't even want to fucking see me here. Let him fucking do comedy. <laughs> yeah, I think only one, two people in my family have seen me perform. Oh, I I lost an but aunt. I don't want him there either. You don't? I mean, my dad saw no, me. I don't want people to come in and laugh just because it's me. Or worse, they don't laugh at all. Because that's actually what will happen more than anything. It's like, you're not funny. I don't get how this works. Like, go fuck yourself. Yeah, I actually had this talk with another comedian around here about, like, I don't care if, like, friends and stuff are in there because part of comedy is the, the crowd has to like you. Part, that's part of them liking your jokes is they actually have to kind of like you, and it's on you to build that with your, your fans. See, I disagree. I disagree because I thrive off making people that hate well, me laugh. Here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. They like, you, they like that you're joking around. You know what I mean? Like they have to like your personality because you could go up there and say the exact same words, but your tone could be wrong and it's no longer funny. Oh, you have to come yeah, out with delivery, a, but it, they have to be willing to like, but like what I'm saying, what I'm what I'm saying is like a real comic knows how to make people that hate them laugh. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's part the of people that legitimately, legitimately hate me and I fucking will get them to laugh. Like that's, that's what I'm going. Cause if I can make, if you make somebody that hates you laugh, you can make anybody fucking laugh. <laughs> I mean, and I'm brash, so there's a lot of those people that don't, don't like. <laughs> yeah, see, I think I'm the exact opposite. Most people just kind of let me get away with shit. They like me. Like I've had so many people tell me, like mostly comics, but I've had like even crowd members tell me, it was like, just the second you went up there, I wanted you to do good. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I'm a fucking charity case for most people. I got it. <laughs> like I understand. I, it works in my favor. I don't get heckled much. People let me say my shit. And you know, you said like, uh, you say some gold on stage and you're just like, oh, I better write that down. Most of my stuff isn't, yeah. it's more like I, uh, I call it like my ADD extras. Like when I say a joke and then I just toss out whatever like the extra thoughts in my head are at the end of it. And sometimes that really fucking works and it's a new tag, but it's never like I come up with a brand new fucking joke that way. I just think of new tags that way. Well, I mean, and that's the, that's the same thing. Like, I mean, it's, still the same exact uh concept uh just creating a new thing on the spot like coming with new tags amazing like anytime you can add more um to a joke and it works well is great and also you're gonna need to have as many tags as possible because the, i don't know that's like one thing i've been working a lot on is like how to spider these jokes out because now it's like i've seen like uh like six or seven different responses to the same setup so now i need to have a joke to go down each one of those alleys when those responses happen when you start getting to that next level of thinking you know now you're playing 3d chess which yeah. <laughs> which is fun 
One thing though that I I learned early, which I was lucky, I fell into like a group of uh, more successful comics as soon as I started out to kind of mentor and coach me up. Was I I like I don't like even if there's a green room, I'll sit in the room. Like I'll sit. I want to watch the crowd. I want to see the crowd. I want to see what happens during the show. And then I'm going to sit there and I'm going to come up with jokes about what's happening in the crowd while this show is going on. And that's probably how I'm going to open up my set is going at people. See, I am. You know, like, I'm not saying go hard and be mean to people, but just, just something. To, and then as soon as you, then that gets them engaged, like, oh, this guy's been paying attention. We should pay attention. Then you get him engaged. Like what else is going to say? And it makes your actual material, delivering your actual material that much easier. Um, because now they're listening, they're paying attention to everything you're saying because that you've already made it like got their attention with that stuff. I was, I actually, uh, I kind of went the opposite way as you on that because uh, when I first started doing it, obviously, you know, your material is not great, you've never fucking done this before, so you're just going up there and winning it. But I realized like I was better at writing jokes for the room like a thousand times. Like if I was sitting in the room listening to the comics and stuff, like I could go up there and my first three things I said was all like jokes about what's happened, what's been said, like things like that. And they were all better than my material. So I was like, let's focus on the material for a little bit since you have like a little more of a natural knack at the in-room writing. I both. Well, that's what I use my uh, hosting for is to do that kind of stuff. I do that. And uh, then that's when like I practice uh, some like of my newer stuff, like on my opening set for whatever, I'll practice some of my newer stuff that I don't, that doesn't really fit into my set yet. That's why I like that I've gotten into this hosting is it lets me flex things that I'm not like I'm not trying to do during my normal set which yeah everything's I, I don't know I, I've just I, I I was doing that approach for a bit but now I've just leaned into the end room and crowd work and then leading into material and it's 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 going a lot better and my crowd work's getting much much better as I you know and that's what it is really you just got to keep working on it it's the only way you get better at any of this stuff is just to keep working at it Let's pivot for a second. Let's talk about some fucking uh, Cleveland, Akron, Cuyahoga Falls drama. What <laughs> the fuck happened on that status a couple Dude, weeks ago? I talked about it. was like 200 comments by the end of it. I know. What the fuck? <laughs> I talked about it on uh, the last uh, fireside chat I did, but it's like someone went in there just to start shit and then thought he was all high and mighty because he's like, oh, I manipulated people. I was like, no, you were an asshole. Like if people are going to respond a certain way when you say something asshole-ish. Like he may have had a spot to stand on because he apparently another Akron comic said something racist to him. But then he went out after all the Akron comics and said, if you're on a show with him, I'm calling you out for being racist. If you run a show and he's on Oh, him, yeah, which is insane, which is like super cancel culturally, culture. And I'm and just, I don't do like, what cancel did he culture say? at all. Because here's the thing. Yeah, I, if I'm running a room, I can't just cancel someone because someone said, "Hey, he said something racist." Even right. If you don't want to say the word. You have to tell me kind of like the intent of what he said, like what made what was racist. Because I, I gotta, I gotta like, uh, I gotta make my own judgment call because I'm not gonna I, honestly, I'm not gonna cancel somebody over what they've said to begin with, unless it was like some like ridiculous. Yeah, like if yeah, he, I can't even imagine what would stop me from book like like allowing somebody at my show. Like outside of stealing jokes, this is the only time I've ever like banished somebody from like a show I was hosting. Uh, was I caught him stealing material? Like, that's it. Stand people. Why would anyone do that? Like what? I don't see what you they gain. Just, from they it. want. I just. I don't. They just. They just want to get the attention. But it's like, uh, yeah, it may be funny when you say it, but like, there's no way. It's like you're not saying it with the right tone if it's not your joke. I'm, it might. You know, you stole it. Like that's yeah. the thing. Like you know, 
oh, you stole it. And those are fake laughs. Like, that's the thing. Well, some people are like, oh, I didn't know I stole it. I must have heard it somewhere. And it's like. That can happen. It that can, can happen. Can, Lateral like, thinking. When it's or, like almost uh, word for word, that's when you're like. E-. What they call it to. Parallel Louis thinking. C- no, no, there's parallel thing, but there's also cryptonesia, I think is what they called it. Louis C.K. called it and Mark Marin called oh, it. Where you hear so you're it, talking you to Dane Cook to about it. it. Yeah, you just don't remember fucking hearing it. And then you keep doing it and you think it's your original thought, but it's not. But there's also, I mean, because in, in the other example of parallel thinking, I think Bill Bird said it the best uh, on a Monday morning a little bit ago. He was talking, or no, I, I was on the... Uh, it was on the Comedy Store documentary, actually, Bill Burr was talking about him and Greg Geraldo. Like, they drove together all the time. They, they worked together all the time. They did the same fucking rooms. Um, and, and there's times they would write the exact same joke word for word because they were so similar and they were going at comedy with a similar approach. And, uh, and, and what, what had happened with that story was uh, there was a joke Bill did and Greg comes up and he was laughing after the show and Bill's like, ah, oh, fuck, what joke was it? You know, and Geraldo's just like, listen, this joke you did here is almost like word for word, my joke. And so instead of getting pissed off, they just said, all right, neither of us do the joke when we're lo- in the local scene. We'll save it for the road. Save the joke for the road. We can both do the joke. Here's the thing. Years go by, they both forget about it, and they go on Premium Blend on Comedy Central. Bill Burr goes up and does the joke, and then Craig Geraldo goes up and does the exact same joke. And then when the Premium Blends come out, everybody thinks Geraldo ripped off Bill Burr. <laughs> that would fucking suck. Because he finally, like, it's put on tape. Back well, they back. laughed about it. Like oh, yeah, they yeah. laughed hysterically because, like, because it was at like the early days of the internet. So, like, there's message boards because there's message boards back then, and like, people just call Greg Geraldo a joke thief, and they're just laughing their asses off about it. So they totally forgot about that whole situation. Yeah, me and a, me and a, uh, Cole Clayton. I don't know if you've seen him in any of the Cleveland shows. Oh yeah, yeah you I've did a show with a couple him. times. I did up and di- I went up there and did a chicken wing joke and mine was just like a, a tag to another joke. And then I tagged that and he had like a bit that was based around chicken wings. And he's like, man, I don't want him to think I stole this joke. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, man, that was my first time telling that joke. There's no way you could have stolen it from me. <laughs> in fact, well, well, and there's stuff fact, I won't I do for a while. Chicken wing jokes. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of chicken wing jokes. Like you don't just get the whole, you don't get like, I can only joke about chicken wings. I've claimed chicken. That's not how it works. But, uh, well, no, because then there's things like you just stop doing because it's too similar and there's nothing. Like, for example, um, Bill Burr's monologue, the white women part of it, was really similar to a rant I had been working on and just started performing like two weeks before that. And I was like, oh, I'm really liking how this rant's going. And then the monologue happened. I'm like, I can't do this fucking rant anymore because it sounds too much like it. Because even though I did it before the monologue came out, it's too similar to parts of that monologue that I, I don't want to get accused of some shit. <laughs> there was a, a comedy competition that uh jeff shaw was in and i think he came in third or second mm-hmm. or i think he tied for second but the dude who tied with him in second had a uh a black people not going back in time joke I've done a million times yeah i think bill burr has it or uh, so many people have it it's it's but like not a... another comedian around here was like i stopped listening because he was ripping off bill burr i'm like did you listen to the whole joke because it was the same premise but the ending, the joke is different. He goes, no, yeah, I didn't. Louis C.K.'s got one. Like, like there's so many. But like, he actually, like, I mean, he was black. So he had a different spin on it than yeah. any of the white people are going to have. I get it if a premise is similar, but, like, you got to – one thing I heard when before I ever went on stage, but I was like, 
listening to videos and stuff is like no one owns a premise you own the punchline yeah like the premise everyone can talk about anything that's just how things work it's you have to be original with what you're making funny about the premise yeah you have to have your unique point of view on it someone asked me are you doing like very similar jokes because they asked me uh, how many minutes i have and i was like i don't i don't think i have any killer minutes because i don't think i could take this any joke to every room in america and make people laugh so i don't have any killer minutes and he's like well what, what do you need to do to get him killer like are you uh doing things that other people are doing blah blah, blah. i was like i don't know i'm fucking going up there i'm fucking been doing this a year and a half right i don't even have a fucking style yet really like i may have a style i'm using but guarantee in five years i'll be saying all my jokes way differently well i mean there's jokes that like all right so jim Norton, Bill Burr, like when they used to be on Open Anthony, you're talking about all the time. Like, if you, like they would talk about going back and like watching their old material and wanting to throw up. Like, they fucking hate it. Like, it's and that's how you grow as a comic. You just keep getting better, and then the shit you used to do seems awful. And you know what I mean? So you just gotta keep going. I can already tell. Like when I think of a new premise and like a joke, like I can make a joke thread in my head a lot better than I used to be able to. Like I can go up there and be like, okay. Instead of me having like a one-off, takes a couple of like set up, like a couple lines of setup to get to the punchline, I can now think set up, punchline, tag, 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 and like move it to another joke. Like I can think like that better, which is improving all of my jokes. Even if it was the same premise as I used to think about it, it's like I think of it differently just because I know what works on stage for me, how I talk. Yeah. Well, there's jokes that like, like my one joke you mentioned earlier has totally changed in the last like two weeks. Really? Like I do it a completely different way now. And it's working better, but that's just how now it's like, I still like the other way a little bit, but this way is way better. But now I have the option of doing it either way. Like now I have two variations of the same joke, which is cool. And just finding out different ways to use them. I mean, and and, the, and that's another thing with writing too, is like, I have so much written, but I've like how the last few weeks have gone and the things I've changed. There's so much stuff that I wrote about a month ago that I'm just like, wow, I kind of want to throw away like 10 minutes of shit. Like I just want to get rid of it because I don't like it anymore. <laughs> I, went, I went through a phase where like I was building my 10 minute set and I was working on that and working on that. And then I was like, well, why don't I try to take this 10 minutes, take the highlights and take it down to five. Yeah. Like, just cut all the shit out. Even like, cause I like to do a rule of three a lot. And I'm like, well, how about instead of doing the rule of three on a joke, I just go from straight from premise and setup to the one punchline that I know is the best out of those three. Yeah. And shorten the joke. And sometimes it makes the joke better. Sometimes the joke needs all three elements. It's all trimming the fat. Mm -hmm. And that's, I started doing that. And then once I started doing that, I went to the funny stop and decided to do just a f brand new five minutes and all, well, I forgot my last joke. So I only ended up doing four minutes, but like all of it worked. I was like, oh, so I can just go for a brand new material and it'd be fine. Like, I don't even need any of my old jokes. That's it. It was a, a notice and evolution for me. Like, nothing major, but it was like, oh, this is, I'm, I'm definitely different at this than I used to be. Before you go there with no, like, never said it before. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, no, and you're right. And that's the thing, too. Um, Like, yesterday, like, last night, I went up and did five to seven minutes, and I did five minutes of crowd work. Great. Like, and it all worked. And then I did one joke. <laughs> and, that, and killed like and it killed like i got fucking like compliments from comedians that i look up to and respect last night so uh, oh, dude, i i got a compliment from a dude who's been doing it 34 years and i about shit myself because <laughs> he like he came over he's like wow like what what are you doing different and he's like you have a different like you're, you have a different energy up there 
and you were like, I was listening to you and I hadn't heard some of that stuff. And I was like, you're tagging things like a real pro and you're doing callbacks. I was like, thanks, man. Like from someone who's been doing it 30 years for you to say that, like that feels good. It's like if someone. Yeah, you know, it, it feels really good when there's somebody really experienced, it, especially if it's somebody experienced you like, um, look up to like uh, the guy who ran the room last night. Like he, he, he's been on, he's been doing it 17 years. He's like a top five comic in Detroit. He's been on comedy central. He's been on all these other things. So one, just the privilege to perform in his rooms is amazing. And then to have, get a compliment from him and his manager last night was fucking sick. I'm at the point now, you know, the, the promoter in Akron, he's not super high level, but he wants me on every show. And that's, that's an inward, like that's, a step up from where I, when I was starting so you got to start somewhere I mean if I was you I'd be trying to get it at fucking hilarities it's like that's where I'm trying <laughs> See, I don't even that's know where I'd get... be hanging out all the fucking time I don't even know how to get in there I think isn't it Pickwick and Frawley's or however you say it does a fucking open mic I don't I honestly I don't know a lot about the club I just know that if I lived in the Cleveland area I would be at hilarities every night I could be at hilarities just even to hang out and try to get to know some people there because uh it's a pretty big club in the country like it's pretty like you know what I mean it's one of the clubs and uh and I would love a lot of cool shit there I would love to be able to like even just go to the funny stop and hang out there more and just try to get more stage time there I'd love to do that but I work at fucking I have to leave for work at 3.40 in the morning. That doesn't leave me much time because I get home at 5. Yeah, you like got to figure something out. Um, not much time. Like, well, like, I'm not in a rush. Like, a lot of people I know, like, are in a rush to be fucking as big as they can be. And it's like, I, I'm i in the long game at this. Like, I want to make money at it someday. But if it takes me fucking 10 years, then at least in those 10 years, I'll be a lot better than if I had just started getting paid five years in and didn't have the material for it. I mean, yes and no, like, cause like, here's the thing is like, cause and, and you know, and, and, and as long as you stick with it, like, that's, what's really important. But um, like, I don't like timelines on fucking things. Like I hate people that say you shouldn't be featuring until you've done comedy for four years. Like get the fuck out of my face with that shit because all right. So this guy over here has been doing comedy for four years and he's done it three, maybe four times a week on average um, over those four years. But let's just say he's done it three times a week for four years. So he's ready to feature according to that guy. But uh, let's just say I've been doing comedy seven days a week for a fucking year. I've done way more comedy than that guy has mm-hmm. um, in my one year than he has in three. So, yeah, I mean, but, I, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I don't mean to like put a timeline on it. It's just, I'm not concerned about my timeline is basically where right. I'm at. Like, yeah, because I also have very uh, negative bias towards myself. I very off, very rarely will you hear me say anything better than I did all right. Or I think that was a good set. Like, it's hard for me to admit if I did good, because I really don't feel I did. Like other people could fucking be like, oh, that was a great set. And like, it's happened. And I would legitimately, I'm like, I couldn't even tell if anyone fucking laughed. Like I was up there. See, and that's what it, that's the thing too. Like you know, when you have a good set. Like when I came off the stage yesterday, I fucking knew I had a great set. Like I was like, "Yep, I came out." Because I hate that too. I hate the pandering, of, of like everybody telling you, you had a good set, especially when you know that set fucking sucked. You're just like, "No, it wasn't a good set." Um, and I'm also like <laughs> super hard on myself. Like I could flub up two words that no one in the crowd even noticed. But like I had that split second in my head where I'm like, "Fuck." And like that, to me, that yeah. can ruin my whole set. Like I mess up the word in the first joke. And to me, it was like, well, that shit, that was a shitty fucking set. 
And it's, you just, yeah. it's a self-awareness thing that I lack. Like I'm self-aware enough to know I'm not like to keep my ego from being too high, but sometimes you need to let, you need to let your ego grow. Because there's, yeah, there's people that aren't self-aware at all that are just big pieces of shit that just have been doing it a long time and know the right people. And that's why they're still in this business, even though they're not funny and they're assholes. There's somebody (laughs) like that. I hear (laughs) <laughs> he doesn't like me either <laughs> I, I, it happens i i've seen people who do it five years and can't even fucking say a joke that more power to those people who do it for fucking five years consistently and still have like such bad stage fright that they can't fucking say anything on stage it's like how do you props to going? sticking it out yeah that's like how do you do i couldn't do that like if i didn't get last month I still probably would have done it after my first time if I didn't get as many laughs as I did. It was like once I got those laughs the first time and like I actually was the best out of three comics, I was like, oh, I can do this. Well, mine was my first time I was given seven minutes and I went last out or last or second to last out of 15, 16 comics. And it went, it went pretty well and first time being seven it went well enough to where the person running the show came up and gave me a 10 minute spot for that that weekend nice um, that's what's cool about detroit too is there's so much fucking time when shit's running <laughs> you can get like i was like thursdays up here were rocking I, I was doing like three four spots on thursdays like <laughs> you could hit three or four different venues on thursdays it's fucking great Fucking, if it wasn't for Funny Noises Productions, I would have only been able to get three five-minute sets everywhere, like fucking once or twice a week. But like, yeah, I, he puts I, on a lot of shows. You got to give him that. He puts on a I lot. I just of like shows. I like the freedom of ten minutes. I like that you get to work shit out and you don't die on your first two jokes and then you're like, well, this set's over because now I'm out of time. Yeah, and it's 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 nice too because you're starting to see like. Um, especially to get those 10, 15 minute spots to where like you can start off kind of slow and build up some steam throughout the set. And then you can get comfortable enough to where you're just chilling back in that last like five minutes. This is fucking great. It's, it's great. It's just going smooth because you're just, you got through the awkwardness of it. And then as the more you do it, the better they'll get as it's, it's awesome. And you see that and, and you see that transition. It's cool. Do you have a good, like a, do you have a good feel for the time in your head? I've gotten, the thing is about doing it a lot more is, um, how fast it goes by once you get used to it oh yeah five minutes set now feels like i barely was up there talking yeah like i did six last night and just got off the stage because like ah all right let's go like because it was just it was going good i I threw out some stuff it was a great point to end the night and go into lockdown just like all right i ran off i was like oh that's six minutes like because honestly it felt like three it felt like two and a half three it was just everything was working it was going smooth um it was cozy um and I was just like, sweet. But yeah, I mean, the longest, I think the coolest feeling I had is when I thought I did 10 minutes and I got off stage and 22 minutes had gone by. Nice. Yeah, I, I got like, Oh, shit. <laughs> there's an Akron comic who I did a set. Like, I didn't really get the light or anything, but I felt like, you know, I was like, that feels like 10 minutes. I, I said what I wanted to say, what I had planned out. All right, I'll just end the set here. You know, Chris came up, took it. I went to sit down and dude's like, why'd you only do five minutes? Pretty sure I did 10. He's like, no, you only did like five minutes. So I was like, shit. So I went over to Chris. I'm like, after he got off stage, I'm like, Hey man, I'm really sorry if I didn't do my fucking time. He's like, no, you were like nine minutes and 58 seconds. 
I was like, well, that's a good compliment from someone in the crowd thinking I didn't do that much time. It's better than them like thinking you're up there for fucking ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've definitely been like, I've, I've been in open mics where I'm like, there's no way it's only been 10 minutes. Like this has felt like forever. Yeah. I've had those. I've had those too. Um, yeah. It was actually at garage bar out by you. I had a, which was cool. Cause it, uh, I ended up meeting uh, Teddy through that, that mic, but, um, yeah, so we go back there. It was our, we were there the month before when they first came back, and there was like 60-plus people there. And we got invited back for the next. I'm like, fuck yeah, dude, this is going to be awesome. You know, he gave us 10 minutes, me and Bilal, 10 minutes each. And we get there. It just wasn't the same. Like, there was 15 people there. Um, the equipment was quiet. It wasn't loud like it was the month before. So it was like, all right. And so Bilal went up there and had his set, and it was rough. And it wasn't even all his fault. It was just set up to fail. I and love. I, went up. I love how he just gets up there and stares for like thirty seconds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it can go bad too, though. I've yeah, seen I, that. Last I, night I seen that. <laughs> but it's so funny because it's like, is the crowd gonna start laughing or are they just gonna keep staring? What was it last night? I think a lady. Are you gonna fucking talk? <laughs> Gangster ass room. <laughs> Hey, I mean that's that's the game you play. Funny man, and but uh, so I go up there and my name gets fucked up when they call me up. Then he doesn't correct it, and I was just like, all right, fuck it. So like I went in on him a little bit, and I, everybody was laughing for the most part. He got I got him to laugh like by the end of it. I was like, all right, cool. And then I just started making fun of the other comics that went up because it was just ridiculous some of the stuff. And then where I screwed up was though, which I don't care. It's still a funny line was there was a uh, black guy wearing an I Matter shirt sitting in the front row. And I just was like, wow, pretty ridiculous shirt you got on there. Why do you think you matter enough? <laughs> I mean, I was like, I get behind the movement and everything, but you as an individual do not matter at all, sir. You're fucking, what's going to happen if you die? What, a couple people are sad? You got the cure to cancer or something fucking that you're holding back we're going to miss out on when you die? And they're like, that made fun of me. But it came off as like I was being racist against all Black Lives Matter. I mean, so it's just like it, so that everybody's dead silent. And I was just and this is this is two minutes into a 10 minute set. I was like, all right, well, fuck it. Let's bomb all the way then. So then I just did my most offensive material for the next eight minutes. I got I got some laughs by the end of it. But that was such out of joke. That's uh, I don't say anything like I say something offensive, but it's only because it was said to me and I'm quoting them. Every black person I've said it to, because it's, it's it's a racially motivated joke, and uh, every black person I've said it to found it funny. And I've had white people tell me like, you, you can't say that; you're gonna upset people. I'm like, like, don't you think the, the black people would tell me like if I was really upsetting them? Yeah. Like, they're up front laughing. Like, don't be a social yep. justice warrior for them, man. <laughs> yeah, well, people are the fucking worst. I know. I mean, I get it. Like, I don't. <laughs> don't get it at all they're fucking shitty people i wish they could all be like just go to utah or something <laughs> like get the fuck out of here but well that... comedy is shit <laughs> i can't stand it well on that rousing note uh we're gonna tidy this up uh do you have anything to say before we get off here and get ready for the other show catch me on instagram daniel grinnell comedy and then uh you can find my podcast another podcast about everything that a weekly podcast where we just kind of bullshit it's uh, it's a good time and if you can find the first episode you win a pot of gold
It's the worst episode. <laughs> no, no, it's the one, the first one you didn't even get recorded or it got fucked up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you find the first, first episode. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah. I forgot. That sucks. That really, this last episode I did, uh, my computer updated, Windows updated, and it reset everything back to default on my computer. Um, so I didn't realize that till after we recorded and I uploaded the pod that it was running the uh, USB port and not off my soundboard for the mic. So it sounds like shit. Yeah, I've had a lot of sound problems. Learn it as you go, though. Bye, everyone.